Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, June 5th. June! We've made Uh, it to June! I know. Flying by. (laughs) We're heading into the summer months here. We definitely are. And as we mentioned last week, June is Pride Month, so we'd like to wish a happy Pride to all of our friends in the LGBTQ community. There were a few events taking place this past week in the skating world. Yeah, unfortunately we weren't able to tell you them before they happened. I saw them like a few days before uh, we were going to record this podcast. They were happening this weekend, but there was a benefit skating party for Boston Children's Hospital for gender surgery um, this past Saturday at the Skating Club of Boston. And Randy Gardner was the host of this uh, skating party. I'm sure it was a lot of fun. And if you were able to um, go to that, I bet bet it was a great time. Um, Again, wish we could have promoted it to tell people about it. So if they were in the Boston area, they could have gone. But I found out about it too late for us to um, record it. And then um, Brian Boitano was the keynote speaker this past Saturday at the Connect Thrive Summit, which is an LGBTQ plus business marketing summit. And it was in Orlando, Florida. So pretty cool there. Yeah. And then Kelly Rippon, which of course is Adam's mom, was a judge at the Gay Story Slam in Scranton, Pennsylvania this past Saturday. Yeah. So if we see any other things going on for Pride Month, we'll definitely try to pass it along. Hopefully we'll pass it along so that maybe if it's something you can actually go to and it's in the, you're in the area, that would be great. Um, if not, we'll just mention it. Um, I bet there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. We're only in the first week of, not even really, the first full week of June yet. So, Yeah, and as we're recording this on June 5th, um, yeah, we're only just a few days into the month. If any of you guys out there that are listening to our podcast know of any events, please let us know. We would love to be able to promote them on the on our next episode. Yeah. Well, there is a big thing happening and it as you probably when you listen to our episode, it's going to be just getting underway, but when we've been talking about this since we started our podcast, but the 58th ISU Congress begins June 6th in Thailand. Um, and I was crazy and I actually printed 
the agenda, which is 100 plus pages of everything that is going to be discussed over the next few days um, this week. And between figure skating and the speed skating branches, Daphne, there are more than 240 proposals that will be debated and voted on. And I'm going to forewarn everybody right now. We're not going to discuss all of them. Because, no. no, I think people might be bored by that. But plus, I didn't read the whole entire 100 pages. Most of it is, not all of it is, but there's a big chunk is speed skating in there. And I know that's not our area of expertise. So we're not going to talk about speed skating, but we're going to talk about some of the key um, proposals that will be discussed in the figure skating side. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We did mention last week that we would be tackling some of these topics this week as we head into the Congress. One thing I learned, though, today, I saw on social media that Match TV has a copy of a memo that the ISU Congress um, or Council, the ISU Council, sent to its Congress members and office holders letting them know that Russia and Belarus will be allowed to take part in the ISU Congress. They had a meeting on June 5th and decided they would not exclude them from this big meeting, Um, but they are still going to maintain those protective measures, ensuring the safety and integrity of international competitions, meaning that Russia and Belarus will not be allowed to compete in international competitions. They're keeping that in line. Um, The ISU legal team had advised the council that it was a risk to exclude the two countries because any of the decisions made at this Congress could be contested, or if the Court of Arbitration of Sport rules that the exclusion is invalid. So I think the ISU probably just wants to cover the bases and just make sure that they're able to... um, keep whatever they vote on in place because as Gina has already mentioned, it's a very robust agenda with a lot of proposals. They're not going to want to have to go back and reconsider all of those items Mm -hmm. because not only do we have proposals, we also have elections Mm -hmm. for key roles and they're probably not going to want to go, have to go back and revise all of that. So they have decided to allow them to participate. Yeah, because some of the proposals don't go into effect until like 24, 25. And we don't know what the situation will be like in 24, 25. Could Russia be back into the mix? And then we would be having to go through these proposals and things again for votes and stuff. So I think that's why they felt like, okay, just include them in here. So that, you know, these decisions can be made and then they won't have to necessarily be revisited um, once, you know, whatever is to happen here. Definitely. Um, We will talk about this a little bit later, but Russia not being allowed to compete in international competitions is having an effect on its ice dance teams in particular because there have been a high number of splits so far. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. We've mentioned in the the past there have been a lot of uh, retirements so yeah i'll be talking about that once we get onto the social media updates yeah but now we're going to be sticking with all of our all of our um yeah we have tons to talk about (laughs) with the proposals yeah and i think one of the big ones and 
one that I think when this Congress ends at the end of the week, we're going to have this decision made about this. And it's the age limits. Um, we've been talking about it, but um, there is a proposal in there to, um, you know, change the age limits for singles, pairs, and ice dance. The one proposal is a gradual um, change. So for the 2022-2023 season, it's not going to change. We're still going to be skaters must be at the least at least 15 before July 1st. And then 2023-2024 is when the change would start. Um, it would be skaters must be 16 before July 1st of 2023. And then 24-25 season and onward, skaters must be at least 17 before July 1st of that preceding year. Um, in the agenda, and it was like two pages, was this report from the ISU Medical Commission about this. And it, and then it also, there was an um, results of a January ISU Athletes Commission survey where more than 86% were in favor of raising the age limit. So I think we're going to have an age limit change it's gonna happen yes um and they even in the agenda itself and i'm gonna take the exact word it said the isu council concluded that for the sake of protecting the physical and mental health and emotional well-being of skaters the most urgently needed change is a gradual increase of the senior category from age limit from 15 to 17 so mm -hmm. i think this is what we're gonna see um, and we've, we've talked about it and I think it's, you know, based on what happened at the Olympics and just hearing about, um, you know, some young skaters just, you know, they peak at like 15, 16, and then they slowly, we you know, lose them. They're gone. They're retiring. Um, I think, you know, this is happening, that this is going to be a big thing coming out of the ISU Congress. We're not going to. I don't think it's going to get passed over this time around. I, I think it's gotten yeah. passed before. Um, but an interesting thing is there is another proposal in there and it's from Norway and it's um, their age limit. They want to start it right away and it goes right to 17 for single skaters, but then it's 16 for pairs and ice dance. Um, and the ISU council is in favor of the gradual approach but that is still yes. going to be discussed so yeah so yeah um i think everyone's going to kind of be watching this and i think we're going to have a decision by the end of the week on this so canada has submitted a proposal to adjust the junior age limit instead of it being about the minimum age it's about the maximum age currently um a the minimum is at least the age of 13 before July 1. The maximum for women and men in singles is 19. And the maximum age for pairs and dance is 19 for the woman, 21 for the man. What Canada's proposal would do would allow, it would change the women age for pairs and ice dance from 19 to 21 so that it would be both women and men cannot have reached the age of 21 before July 1. And I actually like this proposal. Yeah. I think the nature, given the nature of partnerships, 
I think it's a good one. I hope it's something that passes. It's something that's going to keep things more streamlined. And yeah, I'm definitely in favor of it. Yeah, I am too. Um, it kind of in the agenda, it said that they feel like they've got to do a little bit more um, research, I guess, or more mm-hmm. studying of it. And that it's a little premature to do this first because I think they're so focused right now on the seniors. Because there was even information in here about novice and the, even the lower levels. So I think they want to kind of get the seniors taken care of first. And then they'll you know go into the lower age categories and start seeing what, what needs to be changed in, the, in those age you know limits. Yeah, well, I think I'm definitely in favor of a qual- like the equity. And I think Mm -hmm. setting a benchmark age for women and men instead of it being separate for pairs and dance is going in the right direction. So even though the ISU Council may not be in favor of this because they want to take a broader look at Mm -hmm. everything, I, I guess I just think this is a step in the right direction and I don't think it can hurt making this change. So. I'm glad Canada proposed it because I feel like it needs to happen. Whether it happens at this Congress or the ISU makes the change at a later date, not sure, but I definitely support this because the nature of partnerships now, it's not, it, there used to be a break in age where you would see like a two year age difference between the woman or the girl and the, and the man. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just not, No, I think this would honestly give more opportunities for some teams Mm -hmm. to stay at junior and get an additional year of development. And I think that's important. It is, and it would make it easier, I think, for teams if it was fairness in the age. So that way you don't have, you know, teams going to senior when they're not necessarily ready. They're Mm -hmm. just going because... They, they've hit the age for at least one of them has hit the age. So, well, one of the other things that was in this agenda and one that I think people will be watching for is regarding the panel of judges. And this was a proposal. There were two I th- proposals pretty similar. Um, and so we're not going to separate both of them. I'm just going to talk about, um, talk about it as one here. But they were Canada and Italy had one proposal and the Netherlands had another proposal. And it's about the panel of judges. And I found this really interesting that they're both kind of suggesting that the panel of judges be split into two sub panels. So we would have one panel of judges that would focus on the technical elements and giving out the GOEs there and skating skills. And then the rest of the judges would focus on program components. And I thought that was just you know, extremely interesting. Um, the reason they were stating this and, and I totally agree with this reasoning is that our sport is getting more complex and demanding to judge, which mm-hmm. we all know that <laughs> yes, there's nothing, <laughs> um, there's nothing that that statement is so true, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. It would be like, I think one of the proposals said it would be something of a random of who, you know, those judges for that event would, you know, it would be a random draw for to, to determine if they would be on the technical side or if they would be on the program component side. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see on that. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's said in there 
um, if this was something that looks like they're going to pass it or not. I think this is just one of those proposals that they're going to talk about and it might come up and be voted on and it, I don't, I don't know, but it was, I found it to be interesting. And again, the two proposals, I, when I looked at the agenda, they were wording was, they were both pretty similar, but the wording was just a little bit different. And I think maybe the number of judges were, was where it differentiated a little bit, but yeah. Interesting to see if that kind of comes into play. And um, so we'll see on that. There was another thing with judges, um, the propo- a proposal to adjust the component factors to balance out the program component score and the total element score. Um, and it, again, if you take a look at the agenda, they explained it all, but we're not going to go into all of that. But that was to adjust so that the scores are kind of more balanced. And then I saw the program components, instead of it being five things that are part of the program components, it would just be three. Talked about composition, presentation, and skating skills. Um, So. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't, again, then there was the definitions of all three of those. um, And we will put the link to the whole agenda in our show notes if you, you know, definitely want to go through and read it all. We just didn't want to go into every single detail um because that could be <laughs> hours yeah, hours we could, be, we could be having it you know a multiple hour podcast <laughs> yes so we just picking out the big things and talking about them briefly so that's what we're doing here but yeah so those were some of the like these proposals that kind of were um impacting the judging side of our sport here so Yeah, in addition to that, and I don't think this is being voted on, I think this is, they're just presenting it, that in 2024-25, they want to change the the qualifying of the World Championships. They want to reintroduce a qualifying round at Worlds. Um, There would be an on-site qualifying round and a championship round. The qualifying round will consist of the free skate slash free dance only, which is just what it did before. The championship round would include the short program and the free skate. So some skaters may have to skate their free program twice. The maximum total entries for Worlds, 54 women, 54 men, 32 pairs, 40 ice dance. I think in dance, it's kind of where... It's falling between 30 and 40. So there would be a direct entries, meaning they would qualify immediately to the championship round. That would be 24 women, 24 men, 16 pairs, and 20 ice dancers. They are determined by the results of the last year's world championships. There would be qualifying entries that would have to participate in the qualifying round. 30 women, 30 men, 16 pairs, and 20 ice dance. Advancing from the qualifying round to the championship round, up to 12 women, 12 men, 8 pairs, and 10 dance teams, which would take, if you're looking at, say, ice dance, for example, you would start with 20 that you know are going to make it to the championship to skate their rhythm dance. Then you would get an additional 10 in the qualifying round, which would increase it to 30, that would skate the rhythm dance. And advancing um, from the championship round short program to, 
to free skate. 24 women, 24 men, 16 pairs, and 20 ice dance teams will advance from the short program rhythm dance to the free program free dance, which is kind of how it is. That wouldn't change. That is how it has been, is those are the numbers of athletes that qualify from the short programs to the free programs. Yeah. Um, There was more information on the qualifying rounds in the agenda as well. One interesting thing I did see was regarding the length of events because of if they were to add this qualifying round, you're now going to have events be longer a mm-hmm. day, and they would need to give a practice date for, you know, practice day for these um, skaters competing in the qualifying round. So you're not talking, a, you know, the they would have to in- increase the days of a competition. Um, so I, that was in there too, as a proposal with this qualifying round going into play. But, um, yeah, it's not until the would start the, um, 25 world championship. So it's a couple years away. If this goes through, um, I'm not sure if I saw if this is something they're actually voting for, or if this is something they're just going to discuss. Um, but I think this is, um, I don't think this is an actual proposal. I think it is something that they've been talking about okay. and they wanted to do. Okay. And this gives them a couple of seasons mm-hmm. to put it into place. So they have to start talking about it yeah. now so that they can be ready in a couple of seasons to do this. Mm-hmm. Now this one's um, an interesting, and I believe this is, this is a proposal in there too, but this um, we've kind of seen it happen during COVID because of um, limiting interactions um mm-hmm. but to remove the short program starting order draw from grand prix events and then the grand prix final um the short program starting order at grand prix events will be the reverse of the competitors world standings um and then at the final it would be the reverse of order of the qualification grand prix standings and then also to remove the free skate and the free dance starting order draw from Grand Prix events in the final. And that would be the reverse order of the result of the short program in the rhythm dance. And again, we've seen this kind of was happening during COVID because, again, we were trying to limit the interactions with draws or they were doing some draws via Zoom. I remember hearing skaters saying they had to get back so they could be on Zoom to do a draw but I think this would take away that, you know, necessary, I mean, it's just wasted time. Sometimes I feel um, with a draw, I I think it's just let it go by world standing orders. Let it go by the reverse. Um, It's great for TV. TV would love having it a reverse order for um, free skates and free dance. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think like, I feel like this is a better way to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it does reduce the need to have a draw. Yeah. And that is taking time. And it's one less thing that the athletes will have to do. Yes. And I think that's important. Um, gives them a little more time for themselves and not to be pulled back in for a draw. Right. Yeah. And- I will miss, however, some of the cool, fun photos <laughs> that happen at these draws. Yeah. We kind of can get to go to the... well. We kind of, in the media room, the draw happens in the same place that press conferences happen. So the media kind of gets in there. 
um, as the draw is happening, just so, because the press conference happens right after the draw. So yeah, there's, you know, skaters are hanging out with each other and there's some fun photo opportunities and, you know, and everyone applause claps for whoever gets, um, skates first. <laughs> yes. That's been an ongoing thing. I've loved that. Yeah. The support. Cause going first is not an easy task. No, <laughs> definitely not. But the other big thing, no more proposals we'll talk about now. We're going to move on to the elections. And I think that's the biggest thing everybody's looking, you know, waiting for. But the ISU president elections are going to happen, and that will take place at the end of the week. So that's not happening until June 10th. Um, And again, we've mentioned it. There are four people running for president, and if you haven't heard who they are, Slobodian Delic of Serbia from speed skating, and Jay Lee Lu Kim of Korea is also speed skating, and then... We've talked about our two figure skating representatives, Susanna Rakamo from Finland, and we had her on our show. Um, so we'll make sure we'll put the link in again if you want to listen to that interview. And then Patricia St. Peter from the U.S. And again, she's figure skating. But those elections, again, take place June 10th, um, and we will put a link in our show notes for their manifestos if you didn't get to read those either. And in just a few days, we will know who our next ISU president is. (laughs) I just, you know, when I started covering figure skating, Octavio Cinquanta was the president, and he was the president forever um, before Jan Dykema came in. Um, So it's exciting to have elections again, because it's not something that I've experienced that much since I've been covering the sport. We'll also, in addition to elections of the president, we will have elections for vice president. And there are four people currently running for this position. Alexander Lakernick from Russia. I believe he is the current vice president. He can only run if the proposal to raise the age of the ISU officeholders is increased. I don't believe it will be. It's not supported by the ISU raising the age. Um, Benoit Lavoie of Canada, Tatsuro Matsumura of Japan, and Susanna Rakamo is also running for vice president. So, yeah, I was thinking, wow, what if, what if Pat St. Peter wins president and Susanna Rakamo wins vice president? That would be the dream. That for would us be quite skating. amazing. <laughs> we that would could love be amazing. That one. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see, but I don't think the proposal to raise the age is going to pass. I think this is one age-raising proposal that's not going to pass. So I do think we'll be down to three candidates before the elections. Okay, well, if you want to follow the ISU Congress, um, including the elections, I think maybe the elections will be live-streamed, but they already have all of the... um, segments of all of the different workshops and things that are happening during the Congress already, they've got them scheduled already on their ISU YouTube page. So you can get reminders if you want to tune in again, if you're here in the U S you 
better be prepared for either a late night or an early morning because everything is going on in Thailand. But we will put the link in our show notes so you can uh, watch along if you want to see what's going on. Um, I hope to. I think I try to at least watch one or two here, but um, I don't know if I'm going to get up early in the morning. Maybe towards the end of the week for the president and vice president, I might yeah. be wanting to hear what's going on on that. But um, And I did notice, I saw it on um, social media, but our both of our athlete representatives, um, Evan Bates and Eric Radford, are both in Thailand. So, um, And I, they were ha- enjoying themselves. Um, I was seeing some posts there, but now I think they will be getting to work um, as being the athlete representatives on, you know, for the ISU Congress here. Definitely. We will keep you updated on the proposals. As they pass, we will be sharing that information on our social media. So stay tuned at the end of the podcast. Gina will give you those links. Sounds good. So you can follow us. Yeah. So in addition to our breakdown of the ISU Congress proposals, we have our usual segments of the show, including event results. Colonial Figure Skating Club held its Colonial Open competition. We do have links to those results. Um, Amelia Murdoch debuted her short program at the competition. She's skating to West Side Story. Yeah, yep, yep. She only did her short program there. Um, but that wasn't the only thing going on this weekend. The Pickin' Dance Classic, and it was mostly a solo dance competition, took place this week. Um, and we will put the link to the results in our show notes as well. Yes, definitely. So moving on to our general skating news. The ISU announced the International Single and Pair Skating Ice Dance and Synchronized Skating Competitions for the upcoming season. Four Continents is now listed as TBA for Australia. It will be held in Australia. It's just not going to be held in Sydney. At least that's the information we've been given. And both of the events that were Cup of China and Ross Telecom Cup are listed as TBA. We mentioned this earlier. She was not going to hold a competition in Russia. So they will award the former Ross Telecom Cup to someone else. And then Cup of China would not be taking place in China. So they're going to also award that to a different location. Gina and I have already shared where we'd like it to go <laughs> in an earlier episode. Yeah. Um, everything that came out in that listing for the competitions didn't seem like, I think we knew where all the locations were. I think the biggest surprise was the four continents listed as TBA for Australia. Um, yeah. You know, people were all like, well, where's it going to be? It was supposed to be in Sydney, you know, and um, hearing things that it could be in the Gold Coast. We don't know, um, but mm-hmm. right now it's to be announced and we will, you know, as soon as we hear anything, we will let you know where it's going to be held. Um, but yeah, that was a big shocker um, when people saw that. But other than that, I think everything else, you know, obviously we saw Skate America is going to be at the Skating Club of Boston in Norwood and Skate Canada's in Mississauga. So there was a lot of, um, you know, we knew where things were, just there were a couple little surprises there. Absolutely. So the ISU released communication number 2486, which includes a scale of values for next season for Synchro. And according to Sport24, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, Anastasia Skopseva and Kirill Alishin have retired from competitive skating. This is another 
team from Russia that um, young team from Russia that is stepping away. Um, Alicia will work as a coach. I heard already that he may have joined a coaching team. Mm. And Skopsova will focus on a career in journalism. Mm. Unfortunately, Russia has lost a bunch of teams in the last few months. So I'm just, um, I'm sad to see them, the skaters, feeling the need to, you know, step away. And you just have to wonder if, if it's because the ISU is not going to allow Russia to compete internationally and they're just deciding to hang up their skates. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. I know I've been seeing a lot of either, you know, teams splitting and um, mm -hmm. switching up partners or um, just retiring. But I think the unknown for them, other than getting to compete within their own country, um, is leaving some, you know, thinking about what their decisions are going to be for their careers. I mean, we were talking about how that, you know, Russia not competing impacts other countries um, and mm -hmm. some skaters deciding, well, maybe I'll skate another year or two because they won't have the competition of the top Russian skaters. But this also impacts, you know, the Russian skaters of not getting to compete internationally. So, so yeah, the ramifications of this war that is going on between Russia and Ukraine, it's having additional effects on not only sports but life in general and these are just some of the things that are happening because of it and you know it's disappointing that this is happening in the first place mm -hmm. yeah um, we have a coaching change in our general skating news to pass along um camden Pulkinen has left coach tammy gamble um, this is coming from his bio on the U.S. figure skating fan zone. He has not said anything yet about this, but again, it's on his bio for the um, for U.S. figure skating. So he has made this change known to U.S. figure skating that they would update his bio. Um, he's going to be coached by Rafael Artunian in California, and I think this is going to be during the summer, and then in the fall he's going to be coached with Alex Johnson in New York city. And that's because Camden is going to be a student at Columbia in the fall. And he's been, uh, he's made that known. Um, and Alex Johnson announced on Kelly Rippon's um, Instagram live series there that he moved to New York city in February. So, um, so he's going to be there doing some coaching and it looks like, um, Camden is going to try to do a Nathan Chen. He's going to try to do, a, you know, school and skating. And um, so, yeah, but he, again, this is all through the fan zone. Camden has not come out and publicly mentioned this yet. And so hopefully we'll get, you know, Camden to make a post about this soon. But someone saw it on the U.S. figure skating fan zone and that there was a change in his bio. So, well, Raphael Aratunian had worked with Nathan Chen, mm -hmm. so he knows how to make a long-distance coaching mm -hmm. situation work. So we'll see if it's something that's going to work for Camden. Yeah, I'm excited to see Camden with Alex Johnson because I feel like mm -hmm. their qualities are very similar, and I want to see what Alex can bring to really 
continue Camden's um, great artistry that he has on. So I'm and that was Alex. So I'm looking forward to seeing this a little bit and seeing them work together while Camden is at school. So it's going to be great to see Alex Johnson at the board because I'm so used to seeing him on the ice. So this, this will be a change, but you know, in covering the sport, as time goes on, we are seeing former skaters (laughs) take that plunge and become coaches and choreographers. So they're appearing on the other side of the boards. And I think it's really exciting to see them um, continue to be involved in skating in different ways. Yeah, I know. I remember taking the photo when we were at um, the Cranberry Cup there in um, Norwood last summer of Jeremy Abbott at the boards and Adam Rippon both at the boards. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> because they were just both on the ice themselves. And here they are, you know, at the boards and they were, you know, working with two who ended up going to the Olympics. Unfortunately, you know, Jeremy was not her coach at the Olympics, but uh, for Alyssa, but it was, yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, and it was just like, yeah, deja vu moment. Wait a minute. Wait, you're not, you're supposed to be on the ice. (laughs) Time goes by. Yes. (laughs) So we'll move on to our social media updates. And these are updates that, Skaters have posted on their social media about what they are working on. Maria Alieva uh, posted on Instagram that she and Matthew Chorus are a new ice dance team for France. Matthew previously skated with Emily Brady, who, of course, is now skating with Ian Somerville. So Maria and Matthew will be training at the Ion Training Center in Leesburg, Virginia. But that's not the only new partnership. Uh, Lucy Hancock from Great Britain announced on Instagram that she's going to be skating with Ilias Ferrati. They will represent Hungary this coming season. Mm. Ferrati, uh, the last time that we saw him, was in a partnership with Emily Monaghan. They last competed at the 2020 European Championships. Now, does Lucy have citizenship for Hungary? That's an interesting... Probably not yet, okay. but they'll probably put that in the works. Okay. Um, Yuri Halitsky, it's interesting that we're talking about the, you know, our ISU athlete representatives for the Athletes Commission, because Yuri Halitsky, who was the last um, Ice Dance representative on the ISU Athletes Commission, got married last hmm. weekend. So I just wanted to shout out, congratulations, Yuri and yeah. his new wife. And best wishes. Yeah, congratulations to him. Um, We saw that Maya and Alex Shibutani announced that their first picture book, Amazing, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders Who Inspire Us All, will be coming out next spring, spring 2023. The book is an inclusive nonfiction exploration of 36 changemakers who made important differences in the country. Yeah, they've been writing books, and so this is another one, but this is a picture book, so this will be interesting to see. It is. I'm really excited to see. um, They had written, I believe, some young adult Mm -hmm. books um, in a series, and this is their first picture book, so I'm excited to to, uh, learn more about this project. Yeah. Um, The cast of Fantasy on Ice, I have to say, they're having one heck of a time. Yuzuru Hanyu, Nobunari Oda, especially Oda, on their um, social media, 
they're just having such a great time on that tour. And it makes me wish that we had access to be able to watch because they're just having a blast and we all should be having that much fun Mm -hmm. in our lives. They're just, yeah, it, it gives me joy because I know that, um, we haven't had tours. Like we've talked about tours are back in full force now after not having them for a couple of years. So it's really exciting to see the athletes out there having fun with each other mm-hmm. on and off the ice because um, it has to be a, a, you know, a sweet reunion to be able to do all of those things after they, you know, after yeah. a couple of years of not being yeah. able to do them. I mean, they couldn't, the skaters had to stay away from each other, you know, even at competitions yeah. and things, it wasn't like, oh, we could go hug each other and congratulate each other. Everyone kind of had to stay away. And so now these tours that have come up, it's not only a chance for pe- um, the skaters to perform for people, it's been an opportunity for them to bond with each other and to enjoy having yes. fun with each other, um, where they've been, you know, been kept far away from each other unless they train um, in the same complex you know same training facility um this is they've been able to just you know have fun and i i saw that the stars on ice they were just goofing around before the show um and just you know so that's cool that these uh tours are back up and going not for again not just for us to enjoy them but for the skaters to have fun with each other and, yeah. and perform and last season was a long one, as we've talked mm-hmm. about. So I feel like they all deserve just to be able to let loose mm-hmm. and have a really good time. And I'm, it's wonderful to see that happening. Yes. Well, we have only one upcoming event for the week. Um, and we're moving on to our upcoming event segment here. Um, we've mentioned this one already, but the American Contemporary Skating Festival is this coming week. Um It is at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. Um, It's June 12th from 6.30 to 8, and it's an evening of modern and contemporary dance movement on ice by by professional skating artists from all over the world. Um, American Ice Theater in Boston and American Ice Theater in New York City's professional companies will be there. Um, And then the 2022 Young Artist Showcase Champion, Cameron Clare, will be um, there as well. We will put the information in our show notes if you're in the Boston area and would like to check that out. Yeah, and again, as we've talked about it, if you have an event that you'd like us to promote, we're happy to do so. Just let us know when and where it's taking place and any additional information that um, you'd like to share. We'll be able to promote it on the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. We'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. And Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Yes, you can find us at our website, thisweekinskating.com. Go and check it out because there's a website there now. (laughs) Um, We're still working on it, but there is a basic website there. It's not just the, you know, little details that we had before. You'll see our photos are there um, and some other information as well. So yeah, go and check it out. And then we are on all of our social, all of the socials, um, Twitter, This Week in Skating, but it's This, W-K-I-N, Skating, Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. And as Daphne said, um, if you've got a, an event you'd like us to promote, you can send us a message on our socials. 
Um, if you've got some feedback or questions, um, you want to know a little bit more about this ISU Congress, um, you got a question about what we discussed, you can send us an email as well, thisweekinskating at gmail.com. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all the support that we've been receiving via email and social media. Please keep it up. It helps us know that the direction we're taking the podcast in is the one that you guys are looking for. Mm -hmm. So please be sure to keep the email and um, social media support coming. We have plans for the next few episodes. We'll be doing some additional interviews. We've already talked about just got to get them on the books so that we can do it. <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, next week we will then talk about this ISU Congress. We will have a new president by our next episode. Um, so we will be discussing all of this stuff and all these proposals that we're um, that they're discussing this week. We will, you know, let you know what came out of them. Um, but uh, yeah, and if you're listening to our podcast and you enjoy it, share it with a friend, um, somebody else who you think may enjoy it too. That way, get the word out so it's not just you just keeping it to yourself. Spread the word. Tell others about us so that we can, you know, reach more and more skating fans. Yeah, and it would also help if you would go on Apple iTunes and give us a rating because that will help show iTunes that... The, we're a podcast that needs to be given a little more priority in their listings. So yeah. we'll definitely help. And with that, we have reached the end of another great episode. Yes. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.